and it's time for City Update with uh, Lee Humphreys. Hello, Lee. How are you doing, Graham? All right, thank you very much, and how are you? Uh, doing splendidly. A little warm, a little toasty. Yeah, I'm going to say, look, a little bit hot, it's like <laughs> I am this afternoon. Anyway, on the financial front, then, uh, what's the good news? Well, there is some good news out there, you'll be pleased to know. It's not all doom and gloom, Graham. Um, we had actually, let's go back in time. Let's go back to last week, last Tuesday. We had UK GDP numbers which came out, which were surprisingly good for the month of May. We saw a rise in GDP of around half a percent, and that was driven by demand for holidays. No surprise read there. And hospital visits, maybe a little bit more surprising. How do you get GDP out of hospital See, visits? That's something I really should have prepared for, Graham. <laughs> it puzzled and- me the other day when they mentioned this and i was thinking my goodness me i'm not sure you wouldn't think it's, it's sustainable though would you yeah. <laughs> no, no. Um, so, if, we, so if we all get ill then it'll push the gdp that's up, right. right so that's the message from the government <laughs> get yourself ill and to a gdp i'm not sure of that <laughs> i'm yet to be convinced so gdp going in the right direction yeah. apparently then and despite we- you know a looming possibility of recession absolutely and that's not the only good news out there we had uh, yesterday the announcement from sizewell c down in kent uh, that they had received these sort of planning green lights and also the same thing actually uh, a big film studio is going to be built in hertfordshire uh, worth around a billion dollars so that was all positive and i don't know whether you also saw um, that amazon are sort of trying to uh, muscle their way into the supermarket world they said uh, earlier this week that uh, their amazon fresh sort of grocery unit um, which is available to sort of all amazon prime customers which is pretty much everyone as far as i can make out um, is is launching this campaign to uh, match prices with tesco club card deals on various I want, yeah i wonder how much people are shopping now from home rather than going to the supermarket um, well, less so certainly, and I don't mm. think that would be necessarily a bad idea because actually, did you? I, we've maybe even talked about this in the past, Graham, that the supermarkets don't make any money yet from their deliveries. No, no, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. It almost seems that they ought to combine for the delivery aspect. You see all these different vans with different brands <laughs> coming you down do. the street. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Ocado now are doing. I think Marks and Spencers as well. So that probably they, they, that, right, that probably starting, they're, they're yeah. starting. I think into in, in that extent, mm-hmm. and then also, and this is a bit niche, uh, Graham, and it doesn't really sadly apply to you and I particularly. But I saw a brilliant article on Monday, which basically said that newly qualified solicitors at a company called Aitken Gump uh, in London, <laughs> lovely, uh, yeah, uh, it is a lovely name, uh, received a nine percent pay rise now. That that alone, you would say, is pretty good going, but it takes their starting annual salary to £179,000. Not bad, eh? Not bad. Different world, eh? Exactly. Different world. And talking of a different world, how about the US and their CPI? Well, they're struggling like us with inflation, of course. Um, their CPI number came out um, at the end of last week, and it showed a rise of 9.1%. No big surprise there, I suppose. Pose, but that's the highest level since November 1981. The interesting thing here, if we use the old scale that the US used to use, actually that number is 17% rather than wow. 9 point. Yeah, wow. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit like us going from RPI to CPI. Yes, it's exactly what it is, basically. So mm. if you, and actually, if you think about it, that 17% figure is probably more in tune, Graham, to what you and I and, and our listeners mm. um, are experiencing right now. We, we're, uh, you know, we hear these figures of sort of 9, 10. Well, we only have to go pull onto the forecourt and realise that actually it's the, the, our own personal inflation is way exceeding 10%. Yes, a certain, well, it depends what you're buying, doesn't it? But I think fuel's about 70% up, isn't it? That's a, that sounds like about that. right. Yeah, so that, yeah. that figure, that, that, that 17% figure would show inflation to be the highest in 75 years. And they broke down that number a little bit more. Eggs, 
in the United States and probably over here as well have gone up a third, 33%, and milk is up a quarter just in the past 12 mm. months. So, yeah, that, that food inflation is significant. I mean, actually. obviously, the impact of the war in Ukraine, of course, and uh, the, the barley and the etc. Yeah. market. Yeah. problems no well absolutely we, we've talked about um, some of these sort of commodity issues uh, with ukraine and russia right now and the situation that's going on over there and you're absolutely right to point out the sort of barley production now barley production doesn't sound that interesting it is the beer drinkers i can assure you um but the, the ukraine accounts for 17 percent of the european barley production and and the article in the ft uh, this week said that um they will they ukraine will be planting between 30 and 60 percent less wheat and barley this year if the sort of main export route out of ukraine which i think is probably odessa it's probably out of the black sea is uh, remains to be blocked which probably will be um so yes it's it's uh, you know this continued food inflation uh, will as i say continue mm. Absolutely, absolutely. How about UK inflation? Yeah, right well, you know, in a, in a way, the, the hottest, we saw the hottest, you and I were talking about it uh, off, off air, weren't we, Graham? The hottest day of the, of the year uh, was on Tuesday, and on Wednesday we saw the sort of hottest inflation number in the UK for 40 years, um, and we, we saw the RPI come in at around 11.9%, uh, um, and that is with, you know, we talked about supermarkets as well, supermarket inflation within that is up 10% on the year, so that sort of move that we saw by Amazon um, sort of moving into the uh, sort of turf of, uh, of Tesco will be a welcome move for most um, uh, consumers and shoppers. And uh, I saw something by a report by McKinsey as well today, which said that 70 77% of shoppers had switched to sort of low cost own brand uh, labels when they do their weekly shop. Yeah, yes, I'm sure people are going that way and being more careful with the pennies, and we just have to be, don't you? Yeah. What about the the government's uh, budget deficit at the moment? Yeah, that's that, that, huge. Yeah, isn't it? well, that's that came out today as well. So you know, we're right, we're sort of hot off the press here, Graham, as per usual. Um, the the um, and, and the interesting thing here is that UK government bonds are indexed off that RPI figure that I've just mentioned, which is sort of pushing, nudging twelve percent, um, and it's, it, that explains as you sagely put out uh, there just a moment ago why um, the the budget deficit now is sort of is growing exponentially it's up 20 percent on the year really? to, to, yeah to about 23 billion uh, yeah to about 23 billion pounds so uh, you know the government itself <laughs> itself is experiencing its own sort of cost uh, yeah. of living crisis right. to some extent and needs to borrow more just to cover the rise in sort of interest payments now and there's you know People listening to this, Graham, us chatting about this will basically be sort of, you know, sort of fuming because some will see this uh, move by government as being entirely self-inflicted. We've obviously had the lockdown and I've used the term before whereby, you know, we put the uh, economy into the deep freezer during the lockdown and then we started printing money. Well, what else did we think was going to happen? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, yes, it's been, it's, yes. historically, this has always been the case. And I guess the trouble now, of course, is originally when the deficit was so high because of COVID, it wasn't huge concern because interest rates were so low. Correct. Of course, they're now climbing. Bank of England's hinting at a half a percent increase. They are. They, they are absolutely right, and, and they're not alone. We saw on that basis, you know, we, we, you know inflation go, it goes high, and what happens it, traditionally, historically speaking, is that governments around the world have put up interest rates. Canada, last week, get this, put up their interest rates by 
percent. Really, yeah. whole percent. One, one whole percent. Wow. You know, we're, we're de- we've been dealing up until now increments of sort of um, uh, um, sort of point one five or one percent in the in the UK. They put it up by a whole percent. Um, the the United States next week they put up their interest rates on Wednesday evening around seven o'clock in the evening. Actually, to be sp- precise, there is a thirty percent chance now the US is going to do exactly the same, and that is on top, Graham, of a seventy five basis point by which I mean three quarters of one percent um, rise that they already did back in June. What I don't still understand with all these governments around the world being in debt, who do they owe the debt to? Well, they all, the, the reason... One another? Well, one another is the, a lot is owed to China, um, number one, but they all, they all own, they all sort of, you know, a lot of, it's all, if you rake over the, the, the sort of the dirt here, um, Spain and Italy hold each other's debt, and well, both those countries are sort of sort of oh, heading towards bankruptcy right. anyway. But mm. uh, I should have mentioned actually this afternoon that the ECB, the uh, European Central Bank, raised their interest rates um, by half a percent. This was, um, it wasn't unexpected that they raised them by half a percent, but it was expected by the figure. It was expected, well flagged. The ECB themselves have been out there pounding the table. So we're going to put them up by quarter of a percent, quarter of a percent, and then half a percent maybe in September. But in fact, no, forget that. It probably had something to do with the the fact that you may have seen a captured a lot of headlines that the euro and the dollar had reached parity yes i saw that later uh, late last week yes. so i think part perhaps in order to strengthen that mm. um they put them up by half percent who knows what the real reason was uh, it was mm. obviously uh, but apparently canada and u.s moving another percent up, yeah probably yeah yeah, yeah exactly. goes on isn't yeah. it? it's a race to the top sort of it thing it is and we, but you say to the top i mean we should point out that rates in the in europe now stand at the uh, the princely sum of zero percent, and that was the first rise actually mm. uh, that we'd seen in Europe for the past eleven mm. years. Mm. Anyway, are we off to recession? Well, I mean, it, th- this is the thing. There is a, there's a huge contradiction. Is as I've just said that we put up interest rates when the economy's hot and interest rate and um, inflation is hot, but we've got recessionary indicators everywhere blinking red right now um, and really indicating the absolute opposite of what's coming down. The rates, in fact, should be falling, not, in fact, rising. On Monday, um, we saw that one in five small businesses, around about one in one million small businesses, to be precise, have fallen into arrears on their bounce-back loans. Do you remember those? Yes, I've got so, so, so there's a million small businesses got these um, um, bounce-back loans. One in five of them, 20% now, are in arrears and three quarters of those arrears are uh, out by 90 days these small businesses owe around about four and a half billion pounds and there's on top of that ground there's a tremendous amount of fraud as well really yeah it, i mean there's there's um there's some estimation i saw there was 17 billion pounds worth of fraud Goodness fraudulent, fraudulent claims but going back to those sort of um those indicators that are flashing red just this week alone in the UK, Deliveroo, profit warning, Ocado, profit warning, Direct Line, which is an insurance company, uh, another profit warning as well. They were basically saying that uh, the cost of their claims had uh, risen 10%, and that was linked to the global supply chain they were talking about, which sort of makes sense with what's happening in China, uh, for example, which I'm sure a lot of the um, parts are made. Uh, and, of course, um, second-hand car prices, I don't know whether you've seen this also, have been soaring as well. So everything yes. is going up dramatically. And with the Deliveroo uh, and Ocado, people are just cutting back on their spending on um, the basics on food you know delivery in a, in a sense is 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 funny if you know it's funny not yes, half, half funny no. in this fact that delivery is a, a cheaper option 
about ordering in uh, restaurant food um, than actually it's an alternative to eating out basically and yeah. even that is now struggling as well and Ocado, yeah. of course you know we just mentioned uh, at the top of the show um, they also are struggling on for the same reasons and then uh, there was one other thing that I, I, I sort of caught my eye as uh, as actually I drove over here uh, Graham, when I heard something on the radio about copper the copper raw materials in general have had a, a sort of a toughish time copper in particular um, is down 25% in the past five weeks now why copper do I uh, highlight that it's, it's a great barometer of what's going on in the economy so much copper is used in industrial um in you know making goods right. and, and, and machine parts and and parts in your mobile phone for example mm. so it is a great barometer uh, of, of economic in this case interesting problems. yes yeah yeah yes once the raw materials aren't produced because there isn't the demand yeah for manufacturing exactly. yeah, yeah absolutely so uh, lots of problems around at the moment then yeah i mean those are those are the sort of the immediate problems that we're seeing right now but of course there's some big headlines uh, also in the world of sort of energy and gas in particular. Uh, I don't know whether you've been following the, the story in, in continental Europe and Germany in particular, Graham, have you? Yes, well, I think they're over 40% dependent upon Russian gas. Uh, they and, are probably... Nord Stream uh, yeah. has been closed for 10 days for yeah, uh, maintenance, right. but it has actually come back now. It has. That, that is that, that is in, indeed the case. Gazprom actually uh, uh, declared a force majeure on, on Monday, saying that it was no longer able to fulfil its long-term um, supply contracts basically to as they called it unforeseen uh, circumstances now there's obviously politics going on there and markets really have been gyrating um, with the news uh, of gas as you rightly say really the w- w- will they won't they news that today as you rightly say the Nord Stream uh, 1 began flowing again in Germany much to the relief of pretty much the whole of the continent the IMF had predicted actually that if they hadn't switched on the uh, the taps this morning they'd been a five there'd be a five percent um, fall in german gdp city uh, bank would predicting a 10% fall in European equities over the next uh, quarter if they didn't also. So you can see how significant this is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And of course, we've got problems uh, in Italy as well at the moment. The Prime Minister not having the support of the coalition there. We look like we're going to go for a, a snap general election yeah, again. The, I think they've had 70 governments since the end of the Second World War, I heard today. That sounds about right, actually. I mean, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. The, 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 there's the sort of the macroeconomic events we've just discussed with with the gas prices and that it really is uh, very very serious indeed uh, you know Italy is in turmoil perhaps may not be quite so um, uh, surprising in a political um, in, a, in, in political way um, but yes you're absolutely right Draghi resigned today has been much flagged really he's been in trouble for a little bit of time the, uh, the, the coalition partners basically just walked out the door um, new elections have been set there for September the 18th now there is a, no, another significant problem here which ties in with everything we basically said We've just talked about the ECB rising, raising rates by half a percent today, this afternoon. Now, that poses a particular problem for Italy. They sit on 2.8 trillion, yeah, trillion uh, euros worth of uh, debt. Their debt to GDP, I don't want to get too technical here, Graham, but there's around about 150%. And they have around about 25% a quarter of the total Eurozone debt pile. You can see why I'm saying, therefore, if the ECB are putting up rates, 
the, the, on this debt pile automatically in a, in a in a stroke of a pen becomes more expensive for Italy mm. to to uh, to manage and to service. Um, so and then combined with it, as we say, the the, the the gas problem. I saw actually one of the um, officials in, within Italy. He was charging around uh, Algeria um, early this week as well, trying to get because they're sort of they've got a large amount of gas that's dependent from Russia as well. They're trying to strike deals along with other countries, no doubt. So yeah, Italy is is po- proving to be a real sort of basket case within Europe. Indeed. And Elon Musk then, he's getting out of Bitcoin. Yeah, I thought we'd sort of end in, uh, in with sort of less um, serious matters and take it back to Is the where... party over there? Well, I don't think so. I mean, actually, is like this uh, right now, uh, as we sit here, Graham, I, I, I noticed the Tesla stock is trading up about 8%. They had their numbers last night, which were uh, obviously very good. Um, but yes, absolutely. The uh, the I mean, he's had a fairly interesting week. He, he gave up uh, his bid for Twitter last week. There seems to be a of impending court case there um, but you're absolutely right he basically announced uh, that he's going to uh, well, that they have sold they tesla have sold uh, their 1.5 or sorry i should say 75 percent of their 1.5 mm-hmm. billion uh, dollar stake in uh, bitcoin they've obviously been co- taking a complete bath on this and it probably explains actually um, some of the fall in price of bitcoin because it just sort of it's it's a relatively a liquid market and if you've got tesla trying to sell 1.5 billion dollars worth uh, that is probably going to uh, uh, put a little bit of pressure um, but um, uh, he's actually blaming uh, Tes- uh, t- uh, t- Tesla are really blaming uh, China for this I'm not quite couldn't quite work out exactly how they blame China um, for why they're exiting uh, t- uh, Bitcoin but um, uh, but I will end this way by saying that uh, he's although you know this is obviously a bit of a blow for uh, those people who love crypto and love Bitcoin in particular he now holds he I keep on saying he it is Tesla um, uh, Dogecoin which have you heard of this one? No, it's it's a uh, it's another crypto. It's uh, I think it's trading around about eight or nine cents right now. So um, just his announcement on that will make Dogecoin go up significantly. A bit of a game going on there, Absolutely. isn't there? Yeah. Well, Lee, thank you so much for taking us through all this in turbulent times, and we'll be catching up with you again in another couple of weeks. I look forward to it, Graham. 